Spice Cast, the podcast where we talk about spices and spicy moments in our everyday lives. I'm your host, Ruben, and joining me this episode are two very special guests and brothers, my old friends, Lewis and Alex. Lewis, you want to introduce yourself first? Hey, how's it going? I'm Lewis Russell Cook. What's a fun fact about yourself? Fun fact about me? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I like to drink liquids. That's a very fun fact. How about you, Alex? Who are you? That's great. I'm, I'm Alex Russell Cook. I'm three to four years younger than Lewis. And, um, depending on the day. Depending on the day or month. Um, and do I do a fun fact too? Sure. Uh, my fun fact is that I cannot taste some red meats. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Did that come from a particular condition or? I have a gene that prevents me from tasting venison and uh, moose meat. So. so they just taste like nothing to you or what? Tastes like nothing. Tastes almost like plain yogurt. Interesting. That, that is a fun fact. Um, more more unusual than consuming liquids, but no less, no less or more fun, I would say. Yeah. So today, I'm really excited that we are uh, bringing you an episode of The Herb Blurb. The Herb Blurb is a new series from the Spicecast with a lot of the same qualities as the episodes that you've been listening to before, except that we're talking about herbs instead of spices. And in case you are not aware, herbs are the leaves of plants that are used to season your food or uh, you know other, other things that you may be consuming. Um, and spices are parts of the plants that are not the leaves. So that's the difference between spices and herbs. That's why we have a, a separate series for the herb blurb. And I'm very excited that the, the herb that we're featuring today is cilantro, which uh, is known as coriander in a lot of the world. So if you know it as coriander, you're not wrong. We are, we're in the US, we're wrong. It's cilantro here. Um, so, just wanted to, before we get started, uh, talk to each of you and see uh, if you have favorite culinary uses for cilantro or favorite recipes or anything you wanted to share with the folks at home. I do. I actually do. I love cilantro in rice. I think that's my favorite use for it. And I also love it when I make either a any kind of Latino or Mexican dish. I love cilantro on top as a little extra garnish. Like in tacos or uh, mm -hmm. nachos, anything like that, put it all over, um, and yeah, I'll even just eat it raw sometimes. It's delicious. It's my favorite. Cilantro is good. Yeah, it's good, like you said, as a garnish. And when you're making rice, I feel like it just complements anything that you put with the rice so well, like a, a hot salsa or I mean anything. Yeah, meat. Uh, in veggies. fact, you know it's funny. I found that out from. Uh, going to Chipotle. I didn't realize that was a part of their, it's a, it is, don't laugh, it is, it's a part of their, I know it, I go to Chipotle all the time, big Chipotle guy. <laughs> this is not a secret, <laughs> but that's how I, that's how I found out, and then, you're, you're not the only human that's ever gone to Chipotle and had cilantro, <laughs> it would be really bowl. weird if you were it the only human, be weird, but. because a lot of people go to Chipotle, and I think they put cilantro in everything there. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I do special request extra cilantro though. That okay. is, yeah. All right. How about you? What are your favorite uses, Lewis? You know, I'm not not a huge cook, so my favorite uses are usually uh, anything that Alex has already made that it's in, um, <laughs> and then honestly, just I'll just have a couple leaves here and there just by themselves. It's it's a nice it's a nice taste. It's a good taste. So, so do you it. identify as a rabbit? 
some days depends yeah depends on how i'm feeling in the morning which side of the bed i wake up on but fair yeah just eating eating leaves yep oh yeah yeah so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's great. All of those are awesome uses, I think. And another one that I wanted to mention uh, just off the bat is I love stirring some cilantro into a curry right at the end of making it, Either whether it's an Indian curry, a Thai curry, uh, any kind of curry that, that I'm making. I'll chop up some cilantro leaves and stir them in right at the end. And that it's just such a nice, like, bright lemony sort of flavor. So what is cilantro? Um, like we said, it's an herb. So it is the leaf of a particular plant in the Apaceae family, uh, which I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but it's possible. Uh, that family also contains cumin, parsley, dill, fennel, a lot of other edible plants that are, you know, really delicious. A lot of them are used as herbs and spices. Um, and then there are also a number of uh, non-edible plants that are also in that species or also in that family. Uh, like I mentioned, it cilantro is called coriander in most of the world, including like Europe, Australia, Asia, Africa, pretty much everywhere that isn't North and South America. Um, it's also known as Chinese parsley, although that's not really a great name for it because there are other things that are used similarly to parsley in China as well. So it's not, it's not the ideal name, but you know, that is another name for, for cilantro. Um, and I wanted to go over why it's called cilantro in uh, North and South America. And that's because cilantro is the Spanish word for coriander. And so in the US and also in Spanish speaking countries, we've adopted cilantro as the, as the word for this leaf of the coriander plant. And we, and we still call coriander seed coriander, but we call the leaf cilantro. I love cilantro. I had no idea that it was coriander. I had really? no, I thought those were two completely different things. And I, I knew that. I just didn't realize that it was, I just thought that we were just crazy and we just called it something completely different just well, because we're in the United States. I mean, I do think <laughs> we, we, we tend to do that with yeah. some things. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, I just um, like... But I, I do think it makes sense to have make it have a different name than the seed, right? Because if you're talking about like something that you want to go buy at the store, it's good to be specific about yeah. whether you want leaves or yeah. seeds because okay, you're going to use them in like very different parts of your cooking and they actually have really different tastes as well. It's yeah. kind of like different cuts of meat. Right. In a sense, I see. Right. Okay. Or or even yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's a good analogy. Same animal, different part. It's good to have distinctions between cilantro and coriander. I think other countries have that as well. Like in, in India there's a different name for the leaf that isn't coriander, but you can also call it coriander leaf. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, it makes sense that's the name of the plant. Um, in terms of the taste of cilantro, for most people, cilantro has a tart citrusy taste. And I think that's the case for all of us here on the podcast. I did want to acknowledge though, that about one in five people internationally have a gene that makes cilantro taste like dish soap. And that's because some chemicals, and if, if you are interested in this, please check out episode 11, Coriander, where we had uh, somebody with that gene on the podcast. Um, and she talked a lot more about the chemistry of it. Um, but some chemicals present in cilantro are also present in soaps and perfumes, 
which may explain this correlation between soap and cilantro that uh, about, like I said, one in five people internationally have. Do they use cilantro in soup? Uh, soup. Soap. They use the chemi- the same chemical that's present in cilantro oh, okay. in some soaps and perfumes. Okay. They don't actually use like cilantro extract in the in the soap, um, but they definitely there is a shared chemical. Yes. So then, if you so, eat the cilantro, if you have that gene, if you eat the cilantro, like say with like an orange, then you taste orange dish soap, or like same with like lemon and the cilantro <laughs> is like a lemon dish soap. Is it a different type of dish soap, or is it just like the generic like? Does it make everything taste? Like I think it. Soap? I think it just is an overwhelming soapy taste. But I think we have to get somebody on the podcast to analyze. And, That'd be good. It's a good little uh, maybe somebody there. maybe somebody who doesn't hate the taste of dish soap as well, which is kind of difficult to find. I think most people who have this gene really don't yeah. like cilantro. Well, no, find someone that like that's going to be like a Craigslist ad, like a wanted, <laughs> like someone that likes the taste of dish soap. So. <laughs> But also has to have this gene. My so. strange addictions, episode four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so I I did also want to elaborate a little bit. Um, interestingly, in regions that use a lot of cilantro in their cooking, the the propensity for this gene that makes it taste like dish soap is much lower. And I guess that makes sense because they're they're using it a lot more. Uh, it might have been selected out many thousands of years ago, but in India and in Central and South America, that gene is much less common. Whereas in the United States, it's about one in four people. In Europe, there is a, a good portion, I think one in six. And then in East Asia, also like one in six people have this gene. So I think that's interesting, but worldwide, it's about one in five. I was gonna say, I don't think we have many dishes in the US or at least in American cooking that really require cilantro. Well, I a think lot. I think we don't have many dishes in American cooking. That, that that's I think a, full that's stop. A, full stop. Yeah. If McDonald's so, had like a corn and bean salad, maybe it'd be different. Like what, well, but, but like what do you consider like a like burgers and like I guess you could put it on steak or like I mean is like the the thing is also that like tacos are pretty American. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're cooked natively by a good portion of the population. So I was, I'm talking, I was thinking more of like what is historically, like historically, what is like there's nothing that's because, what I mean, like because there's just native, there are just Native American dishes yeah, that no. would be historically American, and I don't yeah. think most of them use cilantro. No, no, not the ones that I. I mean, I'm a resident. Really, corned bean soup doesn't really. I mean, you could put it in there, it. but I, I don't. It wouldn't think hurt. It, would, it wouldn't hurt, but I don't think it's like. Not traditional. traditional. Same with like their the fried bread and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So. Those New Jerseyers, they probably use it the most. And those subs they make, oh, they add a little bit of cilantro on top. That's what that's what it's called in New Jersey's. Is really? Cilantro. I didn't know that. I have a friend from cilantro. there t- speaking earlier about different names for it. Is that like an Italian sandwich or something it, else? Yeah. You put it on um. Oh, what is it? It's the it's the roast beef one with uh. Uh, I can't remember what the sauce is, but it's delicious, and they they garnish it with cilantro. I think you can get it at Wegmans if you go favorite store. Um, but yeah, they make a sub that that they'll put cilantro on top, and that cool. that's about as native as I can get with it. But so I wanted to talk also a little bit about some plants that often get confused with cilantro. Um, there's this other plant that's called culantro, which I understand why that gets confused. Uh, culantro cilantro. Uh, Culantro is also known as sawtooth coriander. 
So it has elongated leaves and it has like these sort of jagged edges on the leaves as well. And it's said to have a stronger flavor. We are actually in person this episode for the first time in a long time. So we are going to be able to taste some culantro later, some sawtooth coriander, as well as some, some regular cilantro. So get excited for a tasting. Um, another plant that is often confused with cilantro is called Vietnamese coriander, which is also known as Cambodian mint. I think when people were naming these herbs in English, they really just did not know what the hell they were doing because coriander, mint, cilantro, like all of these parsley, all of these herbs, they are sort of in the same family. Yes, they have some similar tastes, but they're, they're really quite different. And English speakers that were naming them just like didn't really get that nuance, I think. But I think that's a common thread for lots of herbs and spices. Anything else to add on what is cilantro? A delicious garnish. A delicious ingredient. Ingredient. So let's talk a little bit then about how cilantro is used in cooking. How is cilantro used in culinary applications? Um, I think the, the most important thing about using cilantro in your cooking is that if you add it at the beginning of cooking, it will leach out all of its flavor. And at the end, you will be left with a sort of brownish, not particularly flavorful leaf in your cooking. And that may be what you want. I think it's used in a lot of Indian dishes in that way, or some Indian dishes in that way. And I think you can really use it that way, especially if you're also adding fresh cilantro at the end of cooking, because that's the standard way of adding cilantro. Right at the end of preparation, you'll chop up some leaves, stir them all in, and then you'll get these nice pops of cilantro citrus flavor um, when, you're, when you're eating the dish. But if you want some cilantro flavor underlying everything, and then you also want to stir in some fresh cilantro at the end, I think that's a really good way of, of using it. Cilantro is very common in a lot of different sauces, especially all over the world, such as chutneys, salsas, guacamole, um, and those speak to the regions that it is most popular as well, South Asia, Mexico, Central America, South America. Um, it's also used in salads. I think this would be a good one for you to try, Alex, since you're super into cilantro. I think doing like a, a cilantro and tomato salad could be something that would be that you might really like. Does sound good. Um, it's also used, like you were saying, as a garnish for soups often and also proteins. So maybe on top of some fish or on top of some beef or something like that. I'm a big fan of cilantro on top of chicken a little lemon lemon cilantro True. on top of the chicken and I, that's I, ideal honestly for me i think that's just like you're reading the complementing flavors there because like it's lemony the cilantro is also a little bit lemony herby i yeah. mean it's it's just it just is a natural fit and that's why parsley and chicken and lemon also work really well together 
Um, in terms of how culantro is used, I guess we're going to cover that a little bit as well. It's widely used as an herb in countries in and around the Caribbean. I think that's where it's most popular, uh, sawtooth coriander, as well as in South and Southeast Asia. Um, and it's grown in both of those places as well. Vietnamese coriander is perhaps obviously associated with Vietnamese cuisine, where it is eaten fresh in salads as well as in soups and stews. Um, however, it's also popular in Cambodian soups, stews, salads, and summer rolls. So say that five times fast. Soups, stews, salads, and summer rolls. 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 <laughs> I, I had no idea that it was that popular in Asia and across. I, I really, when I think of cilantro, I think it's more of like a down south southern to like latin america type thing but i, I had no idea it was as popular yeah they even had these names vietnamese coriander well that's actually it's a different plant but oh it is um it's a similar flavor and it is popular in southeast asia and and actually cilantro itself is popular in in south and southeast asia as well very popular um vietnamese coriander is also used in Singapore and Malaysia as a key component of the noodle soup called laksa, which is really delicious. I would highly recommend. I mean, I'm a huge fan of noodles and noodle soups, and it's just like something so comforting about it. And uh, laksa is really delicious, and the herbs that they use in it are just perfect for that dish. Um, as well, it's used in Laos and Thailand. Any other uses that you feel like I missed? Do you want to talk more about how you use it in tacos or... Mexican I it, food. I I'll, I'll be honest. I I put it on a nachos is the big one that I make that I love, and I, I'll load it up with like everything. You put a, a bunch of different cheeses, the chicken Lewis was talking about, um, onions, peppers, beans, and corn. I think it all matches anything like that. So put all that onto a taco, load it up, and I think it's perfect. I I also love it in literally. I sometimes I make smoothies. Like, Kai will make a, a, a green smoothie or something, and it, that minty flavor, I think it's delicious and just adds a little extra to it. Or even just cooking, like, regular chicken or, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what other uses it has other than complementing, like, meats and proteins, because that's my favorite. But I that laksa sounds really good. Try that. So I just use it. I just put it on top of chicken and salads. It's more as a garnish. Mm -hmm. more than anything else honestly but and again with a little bit of lemon on some chicken it's uh definitely definitely ideal all right so if uh if you have any interesting uses for cilantro in your cooking if you make a cilantro cookie or a cilantro cake we'd love to hear about it uh please write into the show at podcast at thespicecast.com you can also reach us on facebook at the SpiceCast podcast and on Twitter at the SpiceCast. So we'd love to hear your experiences with cilantro and cooking or culantro or Vietnamese coriander, any any of these spices that you are interested in or have stories about, we'd love to hear them. And uh, we'll get them on the next episode of the show. So that, that would be really exciting to hear from you. So now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. from our sponsor. This episode of The Herb Blurb is sponsored by Curtain Callers. 
If you're like us, your curtains are constantly running off and getting lost, and who among us has time to go out and look for missing curtains? Introducing Curtain Callers, a brand new service from the brilliant minds of Kurt and Kala Cortana Kalaru. Curtain Callers calls and searches for your curtains so you don't have to, then returns them to your residence, lickety-split, safe and sound. Take the stress out of owning curtains, give yourself a break, and call Curtain Callers today. Lewis, what do you think of Curtain Callers? Honestly, it sounds like a great thing. I oh, mean, but, my, but you haven't used it yet? I haven't used it yet. I just heard about it from this, uh, this little ad read here. And I mean, it's good. My curtains left like five, six years ago. I haven't been able to find them. Um, it might be too too late. It might be too far gone. <laughs> but I might have to give them a call and see uh, see if there's any way that I could get the uh, my curtains back. You know? I think that sounds so. like a perfect job for curtain callers. Alex, you, you've used them, right? Yeah, you know, I, I have. Um, a couple years ago, I ordered some curtains online, and they never came. And I, I, I was very confused, so I, I called Curtain Callers, um, and they got them back within like five to six business days. Wow. Really impressive. That's some pretty good work from Curtain Callers. Some good calling. Some Honestly. good calling. Very good calling. I don't know how they did it. I have no idea how they did it. <laughs> I, I mean... I, Kurt and Kala are magic. I mean, I've I've been working with them. We've been sponsored for years now, and I have not lost my curtains for more than two or three hours, even. Like I call them up and they are back immediately. So it's really really impressive. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> do they have curtain prevention, like curtain running away prevention services? Or? No, because that would step on their business of oh. curtain calling. You know. Yes. I so they they really like there is a competitor business, but we're not we're not going to say their name on the ad because you know curtain callers paid us for this ad. Totally so. fine. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Honestly, I wonder if they use some kind of like like a sort of like a, like one of those like turkey callers, but it's like. In the shape of a curtain or something. A curtain like collar, yeah. Yeah. Like they, roll up, they, they roll up. They roll it up. They roll it up and like make like <laughs> yeah, a, like a like a duck, a duck quacker, like one yeah. of those guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I'm I think they probably do, and I think they also I, and I think they um, also uh, attach once you've lost your curtains once. I think they attach a tracking device mm. to your curtains because. Mm. They get a lot of repeat business, and yeah, but they but they hold the patent to that curtain tracking device, okay. and so it's it's really impressive that they're that they've been able to develop this like proprietary technology to track your curtains down. Yeah, I mean you got to train your curtains from a young age to not run away. So I feel like once once you get them past a certain like amount of time on the windows, it's it's just too late. You gotta you gotta train them right when you get them right out of the box. You gotta yep. train them to just not run away. You know. Yep. So this I think this is a great business because people love their curtains. You know, and it's it it puts a hurting on the family when you when you lose your curtains and they don't come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I <laughs> I was devastated when my curtains ran away. I was like I was like three years old. You remember that, Louis? That was I that do, was yeah. that was tough. That was the first was time really we ever hard. lost a curtain. <laughs> it was tough on the whole family. Well, because your your parents probably used curtain collars before you were born, right? I mean, they must have. They must have. I don't know how they would have tracked it down otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all these glowing recommendations, how can you not choose curtain collars if your curtains are missing? It, they are the best in the business. Thank you very much to Curtain Collars for being a proud sponsor of the Herb Blurb and the Spice Cast. 
And remember, if your curtains need calling, call curtain callers. And now back to the show. about the history of cilantro. Do either of you know where the word, well, cilantro comes from coriander, it's the Spanish version, but do either of you know where the word coriander comes from? Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yes. But uh, without I, reading uh, the Wikipedia article, probably not. <laughs> right. um, I would take a guess, say somewhere in like either Asia or Europe and in some something, I don't know. But that is a pretty broad net. Broad to cast. guess, yeah. But you know, you gotta uh, ca- you gotta cast a net to catch a fish. You know I'd say saying? somewhere in the like <laughs> eastern hemisphere. I would I would think yeah, so it comes from over there. See, at least I picked like continents. <laughs> <laughs> so in reality, the word coriander comes from ancient Greek through Latin and French. And this will be a little bit of a recap for people who listen to episode eleven, coriander. Um, but you know, it's always good to to think about things again. It is speculated that the root of the word is related to the Greek chorus, meaning bed bug or stink bug, because of that chemical that cilantro contains some of the same odorous compounds as the liquid that makes stink bugs stink. So it actually is a direct connection there. What I don't understand, and maybe we can get a historian in here next time to to talk about this, I don't understand how the ancient Greeks knew that it was the same chemical or maybe they just smelled it and said oh these smell sort of similar but they it is actually the same one of the same compounds that's in cilantro and also in stink bugs that's incredible you know they do kind of have that same little tinge to their stink isn't that yeah mm-hmm. wow yeah. i also like to eat stink bugs so <laughs> so you know put a stink bug or sli- yeah. if i don't put, have enough cilantro put some, put some lemon on the stink bug, stink put bug? some oh. chicken. Oh man, it's, oh, it's man. probably you can, there's a little bit crunchier, but like no difference, honestly. <laughs> it's got more meat to it. It's kind of nice. Some extra protein. <laughs> That's wonderful. My favorite, my favorite herb is the stink bug herb. That's really cool. The the spice cast and the herb blurb uh, highly recommend putting insects on all of your food as long as you feel comfortable doing so and they are not poisonous. We cannot vouch that stink bugs are not poisonous. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Definitely look it up before you eat them. Cilantro was also likely cultivated in ancient Egypt more than 3,300 years ago because remnants have been found in tombs, including the tomb of King Tut. And since it doesn't grow wild in that part of the world, they are assuming that since it's such a, it needs to be such a fresh herb, they were growing it in Egypt at least 3,300 years ago, which is crazy. Interesting fact about that. I actually, I, I read a news article about when they found uh, King Tut, his tomb, when they opened it up, his sarcophagus, he had a half-eaten chicken with a little cilantro. That's how they found it. They had, He had like a little half slice of lemon that would have been squeezed and everything. It was, yeah. I don't know if I know you well enough to know whether that's sarcasm. <laughs> I kind of think it is, but... No, no, no. This is, yeah, that was that was actually the thing that happened, yeah. That's how, how else did they find it? I think they found the seeds. Oh, I think they found half a kilo of coriander seeds in his tomb. I think that's what I read. Oh, well, same thing. Same yeah. thing, yeah. <laughs> I see how that could get confused, yeah. It's also been, like we said, grown in Greece for more than 3,000 years. Uh, an interesting fact is that in the Tales of the Arabian Nights, 
cilantro is mentioned and coriander is mentioned as an aphrodisiac. That's pretty cool if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, cilantro was also one of the first herbs, and I found this interesting, one of the first herbs that European colonists grew in present-day Massachusetts. And I don't really know why that was, because I can't imagine they were making a lot of Mexican dishes or South Asian dishes at that point. Like, those wouldn't have been things, but Is for some reason, cilantro was really popular at that point. And maybe it was for the coriander seed. I, can be true. I wonder if it's just an easy... Thing, if it'll just it kind of grow it anywhere. grows in sandy soil so then that that could also be a, a factor as well and but. they may have been growing it for the coriander because coriander seed is good for preservation of certain like liquids and and meats and things like that so they might have been doing it for that since salt might have been more difficult to come by interesting um but just an interesting an interesting fact today the largest producers of cilantro and coriander are india and china but, fun fact, cilantro is commercially grown in nearly all countries of the world. At, like you were saying, Louis, it grows pretty much anywhere in most conditions. As long as it's relatively good for, for growing plants, it'll, it'll grow there. So almost every country grows it. Anything else to add about the history <clears throat> of cilantro? Oh man, you just about covered the whole book. I can't think of any other cilantro history you didn't get yeah i think that's all they taught us at acs so yeah. I, don't know. I don't really i think you covered the entire cilantro section in the history class so oh, I yeah i think yeah. we're good i think ira taught historical development of cilantro <laughs> yeah. in the east and japan in the west and japan i think that yeah. was the name of the class oh. did japan. you have to take cilantro 102 for that class or no that was yeah. that was base level got it okay so if you wanted to go deeper i think you could have but yeah yeah Ira just has a base knowledge, I think, of pretty much everything Interesting. Yeah, so. in the world. <laughs> All right, so let's take a quick break before we get into our tasting. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's taste some cilantro and other adjacent herbs uh first we are going to taste cilantro coriander leaf the normal the one we all know the one we all enjoy let's take a little bit of this cilantro the one and only let's get some asmr please i'm gonna just shake this cilantro in front of the mic <laughs> Oh, that's really doing it. Lewis, you're good at this. You're really good at that. <laughs> oh, man. I was wondering what your fan base was going to... Yeah, I was, I was thinking. I was like, hmm, man. Do I need to get up and close and chew it? or? So what is it... Uh, you can you can if you want to, but what does it smell like? Mm. It's a little vegetal. Yeah. A little bit bright and citrusy. Mm -hmm. Almost minty. I like to call it minty. Mm -hmm. yeah, but my vocabulary little, yeah. is small, so. I mean, it tastes great. It does. It really does. Wow. It's, it's got that, I mean, this is, the cilantro that we're eating is slightly old, but it's got that brightness immediately on your tongue. It's like, it just like lights up the, the bite. It almost has the same punch as like a, like a clementine in a way that like some kind of tanginess. It does. It. 
I get I get some like acidic characteristics. Yeah, right. I definitely understand the mint, the mm-hmm. mint aspect a little bit. There's a little bit of a hint of something, a little hint of mint, hint of mint. Not 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 nothing like overwhelming. It's just kind of like it's there at one point and then it kind of just goes away. Mm-hmm. But oh. man, this is good. I'm just gonna can I go back for seconds? Do you mind? Yeah, feel free. Here we go. I was hungry. I was looking for lunch. That's delicious. <laughs> Two pieces of cilantro <laughs> qualifies as lunch. Little, little I'm on a diet. I'm on a diet. <laughs> a cilantro diet. Cilantro only. All right. So the next herb that we're going to taste, the next and final herb that we're going to taste is culantro, sawtooth coriander. I could not find Vietnamese coriander at our local store. Um, however, I could find sawtooth coriander. And like we said, this one is popular in... Southeast Asian cooking and also Caribbean cooking. And so you might look for this in your Asian grocery store if you are looking to find it. They may or may not have it, it could be seasonal. Um, I did go in the uh, like early summer and I think that's a pretty good time for it. So just smelling it, it's like a little bit woodier than regular cilantro. It's definitely more pungent, just in general. Certainly yeah. stronger smelling. Yeah. It's interesting how different it looks too, but it has the same smell and taste, kind of. But you're right, that woodier smell gives it a woodier taste. Mm. It's almost, I almost taste like sunflower seeds Mm. or roasted nuts a little bit, in addition to it being pretty green. It's like smoked cilantro in a way. It's really. That cilantro esque taste is definitely there, but it definitely has a. There's something else going on there. Definitely a woodier. There's some foul play at work here. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, it does kind of hit you over the head first with the cilantro. Yeah. Mm. It's much stronger. But then there's almost something sweet about it at yeah. the end. You're right. It's flavor evolves kind of as you chew it. Although I can't have too much. I'm going to go over my diet, but mm. <laughs> still good. I like yeah. this. I'd use it. Would you just use no. this in replacement of cilantro, or is this you can. different? You could probably use it with. It might taste pretty good with cilantro. Give it a little bit of a different, like it's a dynamic duo. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, you can use it in replacement, or just find maybe a, a Caribbean recipe that calls for culantro, or, and you can use it that way. Mm. I think that would be pretty good. I think it would be great with meat, um, especially smoked meat. I could imagine it going really well. Oh, because yeah. of the like nutty, smoky, woody flavor. That's true. Ooh. The other thing too I'm noticing about is that I don't know about you guys, but the actual like taste of it seems to go away a lot quicker than the mm-hmm. cilantro like lingered in my mouth and on, on my tongue for a while. Mm-hmm. This seems to kind of be like it hits you, then it's there, and then it's kind of just for me. It's almost just like kind of just like disappearing after like maybe like. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, or something like that. Yeah. Or cilantro is, I could taste it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's because of the less citrus acid sharpness. Yeah. I'm not sure. You're right, though. It's less cilantro. The cilantro doesn't stick around, but that woody flavor just fills yeah. up your whole mouth right mm-hmm. after. Yeah. Mm. Good. Medicinal uses. All right, so let's move into medicinal uses for cilantro. Inflammatory properties. Hence, it has been used in traditional medicine around the world to protect against certain types of cancers, to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, to settle an upset stomach, and for 
innumerable other conditions and diseases and everything else in between. Um, basically, it's just considered a general positive influence on your, on your health uh, in most traditional medicines. Coulantro has, not, not on the other hand, but in addition, has been used as a traditional medicine for conditions as widely varied as burns. So you, you would um, make a, a poultice out of it and put it on a burn um, it, to treat fevers, constipation, asthma, diarrhea, malaria, like all, all kinds of things. I think the most famous use for Coulantro is to treat epilepsy. Um, and that has been, uh, it, it's called, it's, it's often called fits in traditional medicine. It's used to, to prevent fits and seizures and that sort of thing. This is a super herb. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, Vietnamese coriander is believed in Vietnam to reduce sexual desire. So that's counter to the tales of 1001 Arabian Nights, which would say it's an aphrodisiac. This is the opposite. And some Buddhist monks in Vietnam grow and eat Vietnamese coriander for that purpose in particular, because they're celibate. They want to reduce their sexual desire and get more in touch with, uh, I believe, higher beings and themselves. I will say, as a caveat, all of these medicinal uses have not been proven with rigorous scientific studies. I think there's a lot of research left to be done on, on a lot of this. However, there are no known negative effects to cilantro consumption at any normal amount. So you're basically free to eat as much as you please. If you feel like it helps you with any of these diseases, conditions, or symptoms, any of that, that's great. Um, and it's not going to hurt you to, to eat it anyway. So, you know, when you're sick, have a, have a couple of sprigs of cilantro, put it in your tea, put it, put it in your chicken soup, whatever, whatever you want to do. It's great. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, doing that. Just eating cilantro straight. You'd be immune to everything. Say, immune to everything. Like, super, <laughs> super immune, man. What do you think Superman <laughs> eats? Cilantro. Okay, let's let's go straight to pop culture then. Oh, good transition. There is a 2003 children's book called Super Cilantro Girl. Oh my. Yep, I've read it before. Yeah, that's where I got the. Yep. Mm. It is by a, I believe a Mexican author. In it, a girl, a young girl, turns as green as a cilantro leaf and grows to 50 feet tall. And she becomes a superhero who must overcome many obstacles in order to rescue her mom. So, Super Cilantro Girl, highly recommended children's book. If your kids are not eating their cilantro, definitely read them this book and you will maybe not have any different results with their eating, but it will be entertaining. And then your kid will grow 50 feet tall. Your kid and may grow 50 feet tall. And green. And, and, green. <laughs> and feel the desire to rescue their mom but <laughs> you know it's a small price to pay for a really great book uh if you are interested in business check out the cilantro diaries a 2017 career development book the author of the book went from stocking a grocery store hence the cilantro i believe at the beginning uh to being involved at the highest levels of companies and he tells his story sort of like a, a memoir self-guidance book uh, it came out in 2017. I thought that was pretty interesting. And I'm not going to spoil why it's called The Cilantro Diaries uh, more than I already have. So you'll have to read it to find out. 
so the cilantro does play a, a role in the book or is it just called cilantro because that's a grocery store food you gotta read the book dude gotta read the book I'll read the book you know i can't read okay maybe cilantro could help with that oh there you go <laughs> you never know <laughs> There is also a 2018 coming-of-age novel called The Cilantro in Apple Pie. It's about a girl from Trinidad and Tobago who has some difficulty adjusting to the culture after moving to the United States. She's, I think she's in high school at the time. Um, I, I'm guessing, I have not read the book, I'm guessing there is a story where she accidentally uses cilantro instead of another herb in apple pie. But I, I really couldn't tell you. So again, you'll have to read to find out. Yeah. In terms of songs, I wanted to again point out the hilarious song and video called Coriander by Hack the Mainframe. We talked about it on episode 11, um, but it is really uh, worth listening to and watching. So definitely check that out. Coriander by Hack the Mainframe. Cilantro is also sometimes used in rap lyrics, often as a slang term for marijuana. Makes sense, green. Uh, there's a 2010 Ice Cube song called To West Coast that mentions cilantro in Dub C's verse. Um, there's also a very new song, it just came out, 2021, Snoop Dogg. Uh, it's called Left My Weed, and it mentions cilantro right there in the intro. So you don't even have to listen to the song. You can just listen to the 30 second intro and you'll, you'll hear the cilantro reference. Also unsurprisingly, lots of Latin American music also mentions cilantro. That, I mean, that is sort of a given. It's a pretty standard herb in, in, that cult in those cultures. So, so I assume then that Ice-T and Snoop Dogg are, for you to have found these are probably your favorite artists then just because you know so much about their lyrics and their yes. <laughs> lyrical writing styles. And yes, I didn't actually cilantro. I didn't actually do any research for this. I knew all of this off the top of my head. Yes. That's what I that's what I assumed, uh -huh. but like, you know. Yep. Just thought I would mention that that Ruben's a big Snoop Dogg fan. See it pays big off Snoop to be in the mainstream culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep. Um there is also in terms of film, there's a nineteen ninety six Mexican romantic comedy film entitled Cilantro y Perejil, Perejil being parsley, so cilantro and parsley. Um, and I do not know how that is. I have not watched it. It has like a six or six and a half on IMDb, so that's not too bad. And we will be right back. We're going to watch the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be back. With We're going to keep recording the entire time. With our review. Yeah. <laughs> yep. With uh, color commentary of the movie, you guys will not be able to see the movie or hear the movie, <laughs> but just our comments on the movie. So <laughs> buckle up for a wild hour and a half. Get your cilantro, <laughs> get your coriander, get all of it out. We're going to go dive in. Oh, God. And then in addition to all those, much of cilantro's appearance in modern pop culture has to do with how it tastes bad or how it tastes soapy and how either people love it or or can't believe that others would love it or can't believe that others would hate it or things like that. It's a very controversial topic. So with that, if you have any cilantro, coriander, hot takes, we would love to hear from you. We would love to get your opinion. If you are someone who has the gene and you'd like to be interviewed on the show, we'd also love to do that. Feel free to write into us at podcast at thespicecast.com. You can also reach out to us on Facebook or on Twitter at the Spice Cast podcast on Facebook, at the Spice Cast on Twitter. 
I think that's all from me. Do either of you have anything to add in terms of pop culture, medicinal uses, or overall cilantro facts? Again, I think you covered the whole book. I You already talked about everything I wrote down for this, all my research. But don't forget to mention, if they have the, the gene to answer our Craigslist ad, that's what... Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the best place to... See if it tastes like orange dish soap or lemon dish soap or whatever. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I mean, I don't have anything else to add either. I, I think I've, I've learned a lot more than I thought I would ever know about cilantro today. And, you know, that's, that's great because now I know exactly what to use it for, which before I just... If Alex put it on something, I would eat it. So He left it up to me. I well, would just leave it up to him. I so. mean, hopefully our listeners also learn something. Um, and that's really the goal of the show is just to... I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm no expert on any of these things. I do a little bit of research beforehand, but um, I'm certainly not an expert on cilantro. So uh, we're just all learning and growing and sharing our knowledge together. So I think that's what's really exciting about the show. So... Thank you both for being on. Thank you, Lewis, and thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, is there anything that you would like to promote or talk about uh, at the end of the show here? You want to plug your Twitch or your Twitter or your Instagram or your cilantro blog? Yeah, follow me on twitch.tv slash cilantro man. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitch as well at Cilantro Tonio. So, uh, yeah. Can you spell that, please? I can't spell. <laughs> cilantro, Eat more cilantro. cilantro Maybe you'll be able to. And then yeah. Tony with an IO on the end. <laughs> Tonio, Tonio. I strictly stream Fortnite and uh, every once in a while a little bit of Witcher 3 content, but purely for meme content. So. Oh, and don't forget his Fortnite creator code. Uh, yeah. C I L A N T R O uh, 3 4. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, again, thank you both for being on, and thank you for providing your cilantro enthusiasm. And it's been a really fun one. So uh, I think we are going to call it for now, but thank you also for listening. Uh, if you are interested uh, in the show, Please recommend it to friends and feel free to rate it five stars and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. That really helps out the show and helps with other people who might be finding it. Uh, you can't see it, but both of these guys are doing thumbs ups right at the microphone. Um, so but you can't see it. Oh. I think well, they might be able to hear it, but I, I don't think they can see it. There you go. <laughs> um, with that, I have been your host, Ruben, and this has been an episode of the Herb Blurb on cilantro. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. It's not a fruit cast. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be that'll be next week's uh, podcast. Is uh, the fruit cast? The fruit toot with fruit toot. The fruit toot. Fruit toot. Fruitin' and tootin' over here. Oh, that's ours. That's our podcast. We'll come on that next week. All right.